Gosh, like I haven't been on any sort of stage in a month. I just feel like I could cry seeing all of your beautiful faces. Um, so great to see you. Thank you so much for all of the prayers. If, you, if you're uh, new and you don't know what we're talking about, my wife and I have been on uh, the journey of a lifetime this past month. Uh, my whole family has, of course, and we um, adopted our new baby daughter, Grace. Um, uh, I do not have Grace to show you tonight, regrettably. Mommy and uh, Grace are at home asleep, I believe, right now, which makes all the sense in the world. I don't have time to get into it, but I just want to say thank you guys for all of your prayers and all of your support. I know a number of you guys had given financially to us, and it's just, we're so overwhelmed. There's no way to say, uh, to say it except that, that Grace is a miracle in, in a lot of different ways. Um, the fact that she's uh, healthy is a miracle. And the fact that she's with us is a miracle. And so uh, we're just really happy, really glad to be back, and can't wait to show you Grace. Uh, wow. Uh, I, could, I could just show you pictures of Grace all night, and we could just call it, uh, my mom would love that. <laughs> but um, she just has a beautiful story, and she's an amazing girl. Can't wait for you guys to meet her, because she's uh, really, really cool. I ha- am a little bit underslept, although we have been saying that compared to uh, the journey that we've been in in California, having a baby that doesn't sleep good is just like literally the smallest deal in the world. Like We're just so grateful uh, that she's here, and she's happy, and she's healthy, and she's growing and stuff. So, uh, so if I don't make a lot of sense when I speak, you'll know that I'm still a little underslept and still growing um, out of that. But really glad to be with you guys. I'm not going to preach for a really long time or anything. Of course, you guys know it's taco night. We've got this killer taco cart out there uh, that's making tacos for you guys right now. But I did want to just talk uh, really briefly about something that's not nearly as fun and precious as um, baby girl. Grace, but uh, it's been just a crazy month. I think it's been a crazy month for me in more ways um, than you know, but it's uh, been a crazy month, I think, in a lot of ways uh, for the nation. And I, I think it's a time when, at least for me, like I can really sense uh, tension in a way that's, I think, really, really hard. And I think that there's a lot of people who, when, when things happen in the nation that are kind of hard and divisive and stuff, I think sometimes... We can, some people can kind of treat it as a bit of a game, like how this kind of plays out for their particular political party. But I also think that there's a lot of people in a really real way that it kind of grieves. And um, there's a lot of people in the nation that when things like this happen, it can produce in them a lot of fear. So we do want to take things like this seriously. I've told you that if, if we're just going to talk about like social commentary all the time, that's all we'll ever have time to talk about. So we don't feel like we always have to address things. But I did just have a, a couple things that I wanted to say kind of about like the Charlottesville stuff. And um, I don't even know, it just feels so silly to even have to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. But I want you all to know that it is the official position of Outlet, myself, uh, my wife, and the rest of the leadership team here that white supremacy and all other types of racism are incompatible with the message of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and it sounds so silly, and just know this, that that's not a political statement. Like, you just, you simply cannot call Jesus king and believe that kind of nonsense. You, you, just, you just can't. It's, it's anti-Christ in every sense of the word. Um, and, and shame on any Christian 
any Christian group that would want to attach the name of Jesus uh, to a movement as ridiculous as that. In fact, uh, a pastor, um, I heard this past week uh, say this, I thought it was brilliant. He said uh, this, that heaven will be a white supremacist's hell. <laughs> and I just think, like, yeah, he's going to show up and be like, who are all of these people, you know? Uh, but the truth of the matter is this, you, you guys know this, that like the kingdom of God is so diverse and beautiful and it's so much better when people are different and it's, the, the idea is not that we want to eliminate all race, all differences, but we just, we make space and we include and we recognize this, that, that the kingdom of God is not truly reflected in any real way uh, without diversity. And so, so any way... In, in any way that Christian groups would sense uh, that there's like one people group that's better than any other people group. We just want to go officially on the record and say that we renounce that and think it's absolutely absurd. And some of you might be thinking in here like, well, you know, are you going to talk about like the other types of racism? Listen, of course there's other types of racism. I would say this, I think every race is guilty of racism. And I think every um, race is probably to a certain extent a victim of racism, but you just have to understand that when it comes to white supremacy, it's a little bit different because for the vast majority of us in the room, white supremacy is our racism. So that's why it's a little bit different because we're, because we're talking about not just other people's sin, we're talking about our own sin. And by our, I just mean this evangelical Christianity. And if you don't know your history book, I hate to tell you this, but, but evangelical Christianity and um, white supremacy have been in bed together for hundreds of years. And Christianity has provided a covering for white supremacy for a really, 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 really long time. And it's not something that's just like in the distant past. I mean, keep in mind that Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated 49 years ago. You know, so like a lot of you guys were around for that. And if you weren't, certainly your parents were. And so, so just understand this, that this is still a battle that the American church has to fight. I, 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 want, I want to be done with it. Trust me, this is my job. I want to be done with it more than you. But we, we just, I think we bear a bit of a responsibility because it's our sin. And so I think that there's certainly a time when we're going to call out the sin of other people. But I also think that there's a time, in a sense, when there's division like this, that we have a responsibility to, before we maybe call out the speck in somebody else's eye, to also acknowledge the plank in our own eye. And that is white supremacy for the Christian uh, church. I've told you this statistic before, but only 5.5% of churches are considered multi-ethnic. 5.5. And what that means is that no more than eight, or like no one ethnicity represents more than 80% of the congregation. 5.5%. In fact, they would say that racial division is the strongest still in America in three places, in churches and prisons and bars prisons and churches and bars. So it's very much a reality in our life. And so, so I just think it's appropriate for us to call that out. Not, not in a horrible, condemning way, but I think, it's, I think it's smart for us to say that that's like a place where we have really messed up really bad and a place that we still have to grow. Just for example, like I'm sure that there's tons of bad Hindu theology out there, but like I'm not that concerned with it because it's not my theology. Like I'm, I'm concerned with bad Christian theology. And so I know that there's a lot of other things and there's always two sides and all that stuff, but, but I, I think if we're, not, if we're not even able to say this, that white supremacy is a horrible thing, then we've become far too political. Because it's not a political statement. It's a horrible thing that the church should, every time it rears its head, I think we should just remind ourselves that that's a part of our history and it's not gonna be a part of our future. 
you know, that's one thing that I've, I've told you before about politics is one of the reasons I have such a fundamental problem with people who are so politically minded all the time is because it insulates you from repenting. You know, you know what nobody's doing in politics? Repenting, right? Anybody? Anybody can p- picture that? No, right? It's all about deflecting. It's all about pointing the finger and say, yeah, we messed up. You know, and then, you know what? When, when one group does something bad, instead of, instead of admitting that there's room to grow in their movement, you know what they do? They start pointing out the bad in the other person's group, right? It's like, well, yeah, we're bad, but you know who's even worse? Those guys. And just so politically minded people, uh, we just save ourselves from ever having to repent. And that's one of the reasons that it's, in a lot of ways, kind of antithetical to the way of Jesus Christ is because we are the people who have been instructed to, before we address the speck in somebody else's eye, to acknowledge the plank in our own. Um, And so today, I just want to say this is a really simple idea, but I just want to say that white supremacy is from the pit of hell. And that's my official stance. Uh, I, I think that, I think, honestly, not to be funny, but I think that white supremacists who are Christians have to be some of the stupidest people on the planet. Like, and, and you might be thinking, why? Well, here's the reason. Because Jesus wasn't white. Like, so I don't, I don't even get, I don't even get the point. You know, like, if Jesus were to walk in right now, he would be far more brown than white. Like, a white supremacist wouldn't even want to hang out with Jesus. And, and I'm sure we've all seen, like, the, the Nazi, the sign with all the Nazis holding a sign that says, Jesus saves. Like, it's just so ridiculous. There's like a lot of words you could use, but I just want to say this. I think it's a super stupid thing to say, and it in no way reflects um, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. One scripture, Revelation chapter 7. I think you guys read this scripture last week, but I just want to read it one more time. Revelation 7. And I don't have any slides tonight. Is that weird? It says this, talking about the new coming uh, kingdom, uh, uh, John the Revelator says this, after I looked Uh, And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So I love it that the, the coming kingdom is comprised of every nation, every tribe, every people, and every uh, language. And sometimes, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I just zoom out. Like, I'll just like look at the news. I don't have news on my TV or anything, but I click on the news app on my phone. That's how I get my news. But it's like, sometimes I'll just scroll through like a little bit, like all of this stuff. And I'll just think like, like God save us. And, and not in a cliche way, but in a way that it's like, yeah, that's really what I think needs to happen here. It's like, I just think, I just think sometimes things get such at a, like a boiling point that I, I think that like human reasoning, I don't, I don't know how we're going to recover without God coming uh, and saving people. And I go back to this Hebrew phrase that I really love. It's tikkun olam. I know we've talked about tikkun olam before, but it's a Hebrew phrase, and it means this, to repair the world. And of course, we as Christians, we believe that tikkun olam is found in Jesus Christ. And we believe that that's the mission of God, to come and heal the broken things of the world. And so the question is not like, what's right, what's wrong, how can I make a snarky post on Facebook? Like, that's not the question. The question is, how can I, as a Christian, participate in the healing of the world? And I have two things for you, just super fast. Number one is this, we vow to become healers and not haters. We vow to become healers and not haters. Did you know that there's plenty of haters in the world on both sides all the time? It's just like the king of snark on Facebook right now. Everyone is just like, their sarcasm is just through the roof. And I think sometimes that you've do you, do you know that you can like be right and be the wrongest person in the room? 
like you can say the, the right thing in the wrong spirit and be completely wrong. And I just think that's happening all of the time right now. I think we can forget uh, what James said, James 1.20, that the anger of man does not produce the justice of God. Hear that. The anger of man does not produce the justice of God. And I think the reason is this, is the, the anger of man is pointed at people. And that's never, that's never the solution. You know what I mean? Like we don't battle against flesh and blood. And I think we can forget when we start doing this like us versus them thing really strong. I think we can forget that God's grace and God's mercy is for the oppressed. But get this, it's also for the oppressor. And that's really hard. That God's grace and his mercy can be for the racially oppressed and it can also be for the racist that God comes in. And if that's jarring, and it's kind of jarring to me, but just please remember that the early Christian church was comprised of slave owners and slaves. You know what I mean? Like the early Christian church was comprised of pacifists and military generals, violent revolutionary uh, like anarchists, and also cor- corrupt tax collectors. So there's just this reality of us learning to see at a higher level where we see a situation at a higher level, but we also see people at a higher level, where we're not at this same plane where we're just fighting uh, with earthly weapons, um, earthly battles, but we can see people in a different way. And you might be thinking, well, how do we get to see people like that? Well, the answer is this, through prayer. That's how. If you're curious, how do I see people? Like when I see situations like that, I just become so angry and filled with hate towards people. Like how, how is that gonna get any better? The answer is this, through lots of prayer. And of course, always being like uh, linked to your own, uh, to the uh, awareness that you have of your own brokenness and your own imperfection. And that you remember when you see, when you see the mercy of God extended to people, like that's the whole idea of the book of Jonah, right? It's hard when God forgives people that you hate, right? Like that's the worst. You know, it's like, I want, I, God, I want you to hate them because I hate them. But then God comes with mercy and kindness, And the idea is this, well, how are you going to learn to see people the way that God sees them? And that's through an incredible amount of prayer. Uh, And then number two is this, and Jesse Harden, who I thought did an amazing job uh, listening, uh, stealing one of his points, but I thought it was beautiful. He He says this, we embrace the beautiful discomfort of diversity. God, I love that. I wish I wrote it. We embrace the beautiful discomfort of diversity. I don't know if you know this, but, but like being and existing with people who think differently than you, who look differently than you, who have different political views than you, who have different religious views than you can be really hard. But you just have to understand this, that if we want to be honoring of God, then we have to, we have to be people who are drawing lines or like circles of inclusion instead of like lines of division. Because that's one of the central points of the gospel is that he would come and unite people that would normally have nothing to do with each other. You can see this is a theme over and over and over in the Bible is that God is coming to unite groups, Jews and Gentiles that have nothing to, the, even the story of the good Samaritan. It, you might you know, bring that into 2017, it's the story of the good Muslim. It is. Like, that's what it is. They were saying, clearly, they would never have anything. But, but it's, it's this man, and imagine the frustration that Jesus comes and he's always painting people of other religions as the heroes of his own stories. Imagine how frustrating that would be. But just keep this in mind is that God is wanting us to be a people who have open arms towards the outsider. And so we have to find a way to embrace the beautiful discomfort of diversity, even when it's really hard. That's one of the reasons I'm really grateful for a community like Outlet. Like, I don't know if you know this, if, if, if you know the people that you're sitting with. Like, I know quite a few of your stories, and I know that there's a lot of you who have a lot of really different opinions. 
Like I can look around and I'm like, that guy and that guy, they don't think alike at all. Like these guys are totally opposite. I mean, we've got people from different churches, different sects of Christianity are represented here. We have people here that aren't Christians at all. We have people here on diametrically different sides of the political spectrum, but there's just something about coming together under the simple banner of Jesus Christ and just letting that be enough. And so we, we, can, we can see people and we can hear people who think differently than us and we're not scared by that. We're not frustrated by that, but we have open arms. And instead of, instead of always just wanting to ram our point down people's throats, we have the courage to hear other people and to see other people and know that that makes us better and that makes us look a little bit more like Jesus Christ.